Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together we are FNA Van Life. Today we are coming to you live from Mexico for our first ever podcast recorded in a new country. Yes, and it's been absolutely incredible up until last night, but we're going to, even that was incredible, we're going to keep that on the back burner, you guys are going to have to continue listening to the podcast and watch the YouTube channel to find out why I said that. But we're going to leave you on a cliffhanger right there. <laughs> but needless to say, we're both a little bit tired and our voices are a little bit strained. And this podcast is coming out a little bit late due to that and many other things. Yeah, so we've had a really big stretch of no connectivity for the last couple of days. And while that's nice for enjoying the views and relaxing and soaking it all in after all of the stress and anxiety of getting ready for Baja and then crossing the border. Um, it also meant that we are a little bit behind on our work. So sorry for being a day late and a dollar short, but we hope that you'll enjoy the episode anyways. Yeah, and we're going to do our very, very best to make sure that we get everything out on time, but please do bear with us. We are in another country learning new things and trying to figure out how we could have internet to be able to get these out to you guys. So we might be recording this for no one, (laughs) (laughs) but I think we'll be able to get it out to you. So we're excited to connect and hopefully you've watched the YouTube video and we wanted to give you guys some behind the scenes of now that, you know, we were planning for Baja in the video, but now that we've actually crossed the border and we're here, what were kind of the very important things that we did in planning? Or that we might have missed. What we might have missed, and then also what maybe was a little bit overkill. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. All right, let's jump into it. You want to start it? Or you want me to start it? Go for it, Frank. All right. So one of the things that I think that we might have overthought, or one thing that we've missed, I guess, would be. Uh, well, I don't know actually. <laughs> Try it. I'm sorry, my brain's a little foggy from what what happened yesterday. So let me start. Let's talk about the first thing that we did, which was exchanging money. So we wanted to have dinero as well as cash on hand, and that has been super vital. Yeah, Very important. This is the most important thing I think we did before we crossed the border, was make sure that we had, uh, you know, pesos when we crossed, and made sure that we had some cash, American cash, when we crossed. So that way we could take care of any activity that happens that, you know, we just need to come up with money right there on the spot. Yeah, and a lot of things kind of just operate on cash in this country. So we've been to a lot of places, even gas stations that didn't accept credit cards. They were like, tarjeta? They're like, no, no tarjeta. They're like, pesos. And we're like, oh, man. Okay. All right, we got to figure this out. So, you know, uh, yeah, a lot of the things you think you're going to be able to pay for credit card, most things are cash. 
Yeah, and also on our very first day, we hit a couple of toll booths. Mm -hmm. So we were driving on, you know, the highway to get to our first destination. We hit two different toll booths that both only took pesos. Yeah, it's like four pesos, nothing crazy, but you got to make sure that you have the pesos on hand so that way you're not, you know, running into having to stop and give money to the clerk if there is even a clerk there. Normally there are, though, it seems like. Uh, we paid with a like a twenty dollar peso and got some change back and it gave us enough money to make it to the next uh, tow booth or two. Yeah, so then it, I think it's important to have some small bills as well as some bigger bills. Obviously, you know the peso to dollar ratio is pretty like they'll be like that's five thousand pesos and you're like holy schmoly and then you do the conversion it's two hundred fifty bucks you're like okay yeah cool but like the tolls you know if you have only $500 bills in pesos, it's hard to do all those little purchases. And yeah, you'd hope that they might, you know, they might not have cash necessarily to give back to you or to exchange that big bill that you might have gotten pesos. I don't know if that's the case, but you always want to have smaller pesos and the smaller pesos that you have, the less it looks like you have a lot of money with you. So if you're ever in any type of dangerous situation where you have to give money to somebody, you know, you're not flashing all this cash. And they're not, like, bringing the price up on you. Also, I think that for everything you do, you should ask both the how much is it in pesos and how much is it in American dollars. Because sometimes paying American dollars actually saves you money. Uh, and sometimes pesos saves you money. It just depends on the person and if they know the conversion really well. And so for you to know the conversion well, we both downloaded an app on our phone called Currency Exchanger. And so this works offline. It also works online to give you the most up-to-date price. But if you're offline, it'll load the last price that it checked on the market. Yeah, so, so you're going to want to definitely uh, update that when you do have service. That way you're not losing out on money when you are uh, when you're traveling through the country because... You know, in one month, it might be 20 pesos to the dollar. The next might be 18 pesos to the dollar. Right. So understanding what that is at the moment is muy importante. See, si. But yeah, so it's come in clutch many a time. We'll get the price and then we'll just pull up the app and like just to do like that quick math really fast. It's just so handy to be able to do it. As of today, one U.S. dollar is worth 19.555 Mexican pesos. So, you know, that math is hard to do. I mean, you could round up to 20, but blah, blah, blah. So anyways, downloading the app and having actual cash on hand has been so important. Obviously, we can go to a bank and there's so many places here that you can exchange money, um, but you're also going to want to make sure that your bank doesn't charge you tons of fees to take out cash in a foreign country. Mm -hmm. So many years ago, we signed up with SoFi Bank. They have one of the most competitive interest rates of all of the banks for checking and savings accounts. And they have no international fees. And you can actually take money out at any ATM, anywhere, anytime, and they automatically refund you whatever fee the ATM charges. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be super clutch when we do run out of the cash that we cross the border with for us to be able to just go to any ATM and get pesos one of the things that i'll say that we should have done and we thought about doing this is the idea that i had earlier and i went kind of brain dead but uh we talked about putting a wench on the vehicle 
And if we were to put a wench on the vehicle, it could have possibly saved us in a situation and our friends that were with us in another situation. So, you know, if we had that wench, we would have been able to have one person say parked and then the other person just clip on and pull them out, you know? Yeah, so I think we're going to maybe look into that while we're down here. We were trying to do nine countries in nine months is our current goal. So Baja is just the beginning. We're going to be heading all the way down to Panama and mm -hmm. back. And so, yeah, nine countries in nine months. It's going to be pretty crazy and epic. And we hope that you guys will come along for the adventure. Yeah. But I think having that wench will come in handy so many different times, so many different places. You never know when you're going to need that extra safety, you know, measure for you or for someone else. So definitely loading up on all of the recovery gear has mm -hmm. been super important. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it almost works, but no matter what, as long as if you have something, anything, even a really long, strong rope mm -hmm. that can tow you or, you know, strong enough, like rated for your weight. Yes. Having this recovery gear on hand is going to potentially be life-saving or vehicle-saving. Yeah, the rope that Alex was talking about, we have a, you know, a 1,200, I'm sorry, 12,000-pound uh, rope that we could then hook up from one van to another or to hook it up so that way if you did need a tow out, the company doesn't have to go all the way into the space and they could be able to pull you out from a distance, which just makes life easier for them and yourself. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it comes in in very handy let's just put it that way and it doesn't take up a lot of room no. to have a rope we have jumper cables yep. we have a way to jump ourselves if nobody is around mm -hmm. as well it's like a little portable battery pack that yep. has jumper cables attached to it we also have uh soft shackle recovery straps to go around um the rope and you know a shackle for a wench mm -hmm. and what else do we have for recovery uh Oh, we have recovery boards on our roof. Uh, I would say that if I was to do it again, I would get more boards or a better system than the one that we have on the roof at the moment, just because they kind of shoot out from underneath the wheel. And um, I would like to be able to have the ability to kind of ground it into the ground and then maybe be able to walk out of there with, uh, with it staying in, in one place. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And having multiple options is really nice because mm -hmm. sometimes you have to like build a road on these things. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, if we had a set and then also the people that we were traveling with, if they had a set too, mm -hmm. then we would have, you know, more options. But we're the only ones with any recovery gear mm -hmm. and they don't have any. So we're kind of in a situation where it's like, you know, we got to make do with what we have to try to help everybody. Yeah, yeah. Help everybody is the key. If you are here with friends or you're traveling with other people, you know, whenever you have an opportunity to help somebody, do it because it will come back. And at some point in time when you need help, you're going to get it. So just remember that helping other people brings other people helping you. And it's just a good system of good faith that will get you out of a lot of situations. The other thing that we did before we came down here was beef up our security system a little bit. We added a um, kind of climbing hitch, whatever, to the back door so that 
they come together. If somebody pried the back door open, it would like stop it from being mm-hmm. able to open. And It'd then it'd be very hard for them to get in through those back doors at that point. Yeah. And then we also added a clip to the side door that clips to the frame of the vehicle. And so if you say got the slider door open when we weren't there and tried to yank on it, it would only open like an inch. And so that's good for airflow. Yeah. But then also um, they wouldn't be able to like get in the vehicle. Correct. So I think that these were good things to add. But after the first couple of days here, the first couple of days I was definitely a little bit on edge and was like, we need to lock everything. We need to be safe. And obviously I should probably still be a little bit on edge. You never know. But, but Mexico, or at least Baja, California, so far has been the most friendly place we've ever been to. And we've been to a lot of places that have been extra friendly. Almost all of our places have been very friendly, with the exception of very few. You know what's funny that's never happened before what? anywhere that we've been? What? People are like, can we take pictures with you? Yeah. People who don't know, it's not like they're like, oh, f and van life. They're literally like... Wow, humans from America. Yeah, and they just want to take photos with us. Yes, you're like, okay. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's it's one of these things where, um, I don't know. There's so much love within the Mexican culture that, uh, you know, news and media outlets might make you feel a false sense of that. You know, that that it's not actually here, but it's literally everywhere here. Everywhere we've went, we've ran in and encountered people that were either people who moved here at some point in time from another country or people from the country that have just been so kind and ready to help in a moment's notice. Yeah, we've been really lucky. We just have good people keep coming into our path. And even though we have a language barrier and we would highly suggest that you start now yeah. working on your Spanish if you're planning on doing this trip. Even we had downloaded an app called Pimslers. Cost twenty dollars a month for their service, but you can do uh, language lessons while you're driving. Um, and then there's also some visual stuff in there as well. Mm-hmm. But so having, you know, some basic Spanish. And then last night's lesson was that we need way more Spanish. Yes. So we're gonna like double up on our Spanish lessons. But also having the app on the phone to translate is very handy, but that only really works if you have service. Yeah. So you need to be able to communicate in some kind of way on Espanol so that you can, you know, figure out how to get your laundry washed, figure out where's the bathroom, where's the Wi-Fi, where, you know, what's on the menu, what is this cooked in, all of these random things that you just like super take for granted. Especially if you have like allergies and like just like little things that, you know, you don't eat specific stuff. You know, it, it's so important. But then to be able to really communicate with the people within the culture and like have full on conversations with them, create meaningful relationships by being able to speak that language, you know, because you're not going to be able to have somebody who speaks English in every conversation that speaks both English and Spanish in every conversation to help you understand one another. Yeah, I don't think that was even in our prep video. No. But honestly, it, it's the it most should important. have been, like, number one. Yeah. Like, spend a year before you come here. Like, I mean, obviously, if you don't know any Spanish at all, like, you'll pick things up as you go. And you'll make it. Like, it just yeah. makes it a better experience if you really understand. Well, and, and it makes really it harder know. if you're in a tricky situation where, like, you're already stressed out and, like, things are already not going yeah. great. And you're like, 
I need help, but you don't know how to say, I need help. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. So, like, yeah. how do you ask for it if you don't know how to say it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. We've used Google Translate a couple times, but the thing is that you don't always have service, so you might not be able to just use the translate and, like, hold down the button and be able to have a conversation with somebody. Yeah, so that would definitely be something that I would add to the Baja or Mexico prep list because... Is muy importante. Oh, muy, muy, muy. <laughs> so, what is up next on our list of prepping for Baja? Oh, service. Service on your vehicle. You got to make sure that you do your services. Make sure that you have good tires for down here. Tires are so important for Baja. Just being, you know, getting caught in sand and, you know, the, all the all the little things. So, Make sure you do a tire rotation. Make sure you have good tread on your tires. Make sure that um, you check your oil. You do your oil change. You check all your fluids. Make sure you have a few extra fluids. You can get fluids and everything here in Baja. Um, there are auto zones on the way down. But once you leave like the major city area, those disappear. And you wind up only having like the little hole in the wall type of hardware stores, which is fine. They'll work, but uh, it's going to be harder to find the specific brands that you like. And um, yeah, it just makes things a little bit more complicated when you get further south. Well, I will say the Baja 1000 and Baja 500 happen here and the people here love vehicles mm. and they love these like off-road machines and they love all this stuff. So, you know... You can find a lot of people to work on cars who like love rigs or whatever. But I was going to add to that. We, as part of our recovery kit, bought an air compressor before mm. we came here, which if you're going to be traveling on sand, so important. you should air down almost immediately when you're getting on sand. Yeah. And you can air down almost to like 15 PSI. Well, if it's super soft, you could get down to 10, but you just got to be careful uh, that once it starts to get a little bit harder to sand, that you you air back up. Uh, yeah. You don't have to air back up fully, but like bring your tires down to twenty five psi and just have yourself ready to crawl out of any situation. Because the more air you have in those tires, the harder it is going to be to get out, and the more you're going to dig into certain situations. But then when you are getting out of the sand, to have that air compressor on board so that you can just air your tires right back up when you get on the highway, you don't have to find a gas station with mm -hmm. an air compressor. That's been super duper handy. We have a small one. It's a 12 volt. The fuse pops every once in a while, but that might just be an internal thing with it. Uh, and I have plenty of extra 20 amp fuses, so make sure you have the 20 amp fuses on hand as well. And you just hook it up to your car battery, throw it onto the tire, and it will bring up the pressure in your tire. We have one that does up to 120 PSI, and we only need max 80 for the back tires. Yeah, super important, though. If you're enjoying all the information that you're getting on this podcast, you're going to love our van life book. This book is going to take you from thinking and dreaming about van life to buying your rig, building it out, and everything that you need to know about being on the road, living van life full time. If you want to pick it up, it's available as a Kindle download on Amazon, and we would so appreciate your support. Link in the description below. The next item on our prepping list to come down to Baja, California, was to load up our pantry with all of our favorite staples and fill the fridge. One thing that was really important to us was grabbing all the different types of vegan meats uh, that we normally eat when we're in the States. 
And uh, because we thought that when we were down here in Mexico, we wouldn't be able to find many of those type of meats. Well, so, yeah. And now that we've been to a couple of different grocery stores, it's definitely clear that vegan options are not very prevalent. Um, they do have a couple of things in the bigger markets, and you can definitely find fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, it's definitely been a little bit of a more limited quantity or like variety than there is in the states but you can certainly find all of like your pantry staples in terms of vegetables um maybe not all i haven't been able to find like a bag of kale but they yeah. have like other kinds of lettuce yeah um the one thing that i do regret not stocking up on was like some more of like the specialty sauces like um we use coconut aminos mm -hmm. for instead of soy sauce. All they have down here is just regular soy sauce. They don't even have like reduced sodium or tamari. Mm -hmm. So maybe we need to find like a bigger, more specialty grocery store. Or there are some Costco's, so we could definitely hit one of those up. Yeah, I will say when we make it to the mainland side and we are in a place like a really big city, like uh, Mexico City, I'm sure we'll be able to find plenty of things like that. Yeah, but definitely in the smaller towns, it means smaller options. So just be prepared to kind of, I don't know, adjust your diet a little bit to go with whatever is on hand. Um, it's kind of fun to just go around the markets and see what they have and try out new things. Um, but yeah, definitely not exactly the same as it is in America. And if you have things that you absolutely love that are your absolute favorites, definitely buy a bunch of those because you probably won't be able to find hardly any of the same brands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I think that the food part is important, especially when we were coming across the border. We thought that there was a lot of things that they would come and check and take from us, and they didn't really check any of that at all or really care about that. Yeah, we thought that, you know, in our planning, it was like you can't bring, and then there was this huge list of things that you weren't allowed to bring into the country um, but it ended up that I don't even think they looked in our fridge, mm -hmm. so we could have definitely brought more fresh stuff than we did. Um, but we were kind of planning on, okay, we only want to buy so much as like, if they throw it all away, we won't be like devastated. Yeah, correct. But now we know for next time, if we're ever coming back to Baja from the United States, we would be bringing probably all the things that we want. Yeah, and we're also, we crossed in Tijuana, which a lot of people advised against, um, but it was super quick and easy, mm -hmm. and it was super quick and easy because we had already done a lot of the paperwork online, um, so we registered with the Baja Travel Club. They are, they've been around for, I don't know, like 20 years or something. It was started by a husband and wife team. The husband has since passed away, and now just the wife is running it, um, but so basically they help you with your FMM, which is a tourist visa that you are required to have if you are leaving, you know, if you're going any further than, like, the free zone, like, it's a like zone libre, mm -hmm. um, which is basically just Tijuana proper. If you're going beyond there, you need to have an FMM. We've not been asked for it yet. Nope. But... We also haven't been stopped. Yes. So I'm glad that we have it, just in case. The important part about having that FMM is when you are crossing the border to make sure that you stop in to declare something and then you go and you get that stamped and they take a copy of it. They rip the part off that they keep so that way they can verify that it's correct and that you didn't make any, you know, fake prints or anything. Right. So we did all that 
pre-crossing the border so that the day of crossing the border we had all our paperwork in order. Um, we probably did a little bit overkill on making the copies of everything. We probably have like 50 more copies of everything than we probably yeah. need. Um, but it felt like it was important to have some copies based on conversations that we had on previous podcasts with our guest Zeki. So actually if this is something that you're really interested in and looking into doing this whole Pan American travel, um, definitely go back to those episodes mm -hmm. with Zeki because there are so many golden nuggets of wisdom from a guy who's done the trip multiple times. Uh, do we know what that one's called or what episode number that is? And like... No. Yeah, so those were episodes 60 and... Nope. 61 and 62. So yeah, these were episodes 61 and 62 with Zeki. Make sure to go back and check them out. They were very interesting and it, we learned a lot from it. And now we have a better understanding about traveling down here. You're not going to fully understand it all until you are down here traveling, which is, you know, how it is for any type of situation. We can only give you as much information, as much information as humanly possible to get you ready. Yeah, and so that's the whole point of this series. Obviously, we are doing this for the first time, and so we're going to be learning a lot of lessons along the way. Perhaps some of the stuff, you know, that we did to prep is, you know, now we're seeing is different than maybe what we needed when we mm -hmm. got here. Um, but honestly, you know, all we can ever do is learn from each other and, you know, as we go, provide you guys with as much more information as we have. The further that we travel, the more we're going to learn, the more experiences and situations that we're going to be in that we can share with you guys so that you can be prepared for when you're doing that. And we also hope to bring you more guests of people who've done travels like this or, you know, of people who are traveling in America. We're definitely still committed to making the podcast happen every week. We just kind of needed to get our feet under ourselves. I think that there was a lot of buildup in coming down to Mexico. All of the prep that we did, it was a very hectic couple of weeks. And then crossing over, it's that rush and that excitement and so many new things at once and new places and new people, new worries, new fears, new adventures. I got a story for them. Okay. I'm going to tell them about the story about the people that we met and I knew and they knew me. Oh, that was wild. Yeah, so while we were down here, we'll give you one little sneak peek into our travels. And when we got down here, we went to an area in San Felipe. It was super beautiful. It was a cove area, and there were some people who used to live in Washington that lived right next to the place that we were about to camp out. We got really friendly with them, and they wound up inviting us all out to dinner. While we were at dinner, she was like, oh, my family's going to be there also. And so her niece was there. And her niece's husband were there. And we're chatting with them. We're talking. And by the end of the dinner, they're like, you know, you look really familiar to me. What part of Florida did you live in again? And I was like, well, I actually grew up in Englewood, Florida. But I lived in Orlando um, in uh, Winter uh, Winter Park area. And they, they were like, wait a second. He was like, did you work at a place called Joe's Pizza? And I did. And so he was like... You served me pizza there before. You served me meals there before. And so he noticed me. So that was mind-blowing. And then after that, she's like, wait, you said Englewood? She's like, what year? Like, how old are you? And I told her I'm 33. She's like, I'm 35. So she was in eighth grade when I was in sixth grade out in Florida. And we both went to the same 
middle school. So we were literally in the same middle school in Englewood, Florida. And it was so mind-blowing that we know similar people. We know the schools. We know the teachers. Like, we know all the same people. And we actually probably knew each other. Like, we used to both go to Tringali, which was a dance on Friday night that all the kids in middle school would go to. So, like, you start to know everybody from there. And it was just mind-blowing that we met these people in Mexico that happen to have a niece and her husband that know who I am. Who happen to be visiting. They have two really young kids, and they've got, like, an Econo line kind yeah. of van. Or an Astro. Yeah, so they're traveling in that um, for, like, bigger road trips. I think they also have, like, a fifth wheel or something back mm-hmm. home. Um, because they love doing these road trips. So anyways, it was cool to like talk about that and their style of travel, which is mm-hmm. more like big, long trips um, than to come home to the home base. We actually met some people yesterday. Well, it was over Memorial Weekend. So a lot of people actually came down to Baja just for Memorial Weekend. Mm-hmm. We met a father and son duo who were so nice. That, I mean, that was the coolest dad I ever met. Yeah, the guy is so well-traveled. Oh, it was my amazing. God. He had so many stories. But so anyways, so we met them. They were just on like a quick Memorial Day weekend trip, uh, tent camping. And then we met this other couple, Kat and David, who were also just down for the weekend. And they actually ended up traveling with us way further south way than further they intended south. to. And they we actually... were having so much fun. And they actually became our saviors in last night's craziness yeah which you'll learn about more later on oh my gosh the stars have aligned for us in so many ways since we've been here in Baja and we're super grateful to be on this adventure we're so glad to have awesome people in our corner as we're going we're so grateful for all the amazing people that we've met along the way the most important thing I think that you need is an incredible partner if you are traveling with somebody because Alex is our rock and she is our safety net. I might be the one that helps us do certain things with the van or gets us out of certain situations, but Alex is so calm, cool, and collective that it was amazing to just know that we're on the same page in this life and know that we have each other's back no matter what. I love you so much and I'm so thankful for you. I love you too. You're going to cry. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like Alex has been nothing but like she's the one who does our planning and she's the one who, you know, makes sure that all everything's in line but she's also the one who makes sure that we have a good frame of mind, a good train of thought, like a good... I, I don't know how to explain it, but she puts us on a good path together. We've been talking a lot the last couple of days about, like, positivity and a positive mindset. And I feel like, you know, after two years on the road, so many different situations have come up for us where, you know, we thought that, you know, all was lost. And, you know, the van is broken or the radiator's leaking or, you know, we're stuck in a situation or, you know, bad, bad, bad. And, like... You could 100% tailspin into, like... Negative, and it could just get worse. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, we've developed together these muscles, you know, it's, like, in your mind, a muscle of, like... The power of positive thought. Yes. We're going to figure this out. We're going to make this happen. What is the next thing that we need to do? How do we move forward? Like, we can you know, deal with the emotions and the stress and the, you know, all of that later. But like right now, all that matters is that we stay positive. We're going to work it out no matter how crazy 
things might feel, you know, we could have gone on a very different direction. And, you know, a lot of people, I mean, your brother, in some of the episodes that we've had in the past, you know, things are going crazy and whatever, and we're dealing with it and whatever. And your brother's like, how do the both of you just stay so... (laughs) Um, (laughs) I feel like that when when they see this episode, they're going to be like, Frankie, take a deep breath, calm down. Because I was freaking out. Yeah. I was trying to get everything together and get everybody in the right spots fast. And yeah, it just, it just wasn't working out for me. Yeah. But But I did still have a positive attitude on the fact that we were going to get out of the situation. You know, I, I was hoping for the best, praying for the best, praying for the fact that we all get out and, you know, and survive. Uh, That was the main key. And then after we survive, hopefully the van survived too. Yeah. So if you're listening, you know that we are here and we are alive and we are good. So when you see the thumbnail and title and whatever, don't be too worried. But definitely you're going to not want to miss that episode. It'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. I think we should actually throw something up for our Patreons here soon so they know everything that's happened. And if you guys want the inside scoop on what we're talking about, you could go over to the Patreon, join today, and you'll see a post come out before there's anything on YouTube or any other social media. So definitely take into consideration, join the Patreon. It helps us on this travel that we're going to be doing over the next nine months, nine different countries. Woo, I'm fired up on that. We are so excited to embark on this and to take you guys along for the adventure. We are incredibly grateful for everybody who watches, listens, comments. If you love this podcast, be sure to favorite it wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a five-star review. It so helps the podcast grow. It helps it reach new audiences. And if you're getting good nuggets of wisdom from this, other people are going to get good nuggets of wisdom for this. So definitely like, comment, share, all that good stuff. We are so grateful for everybody who listens and, you know, we can feel your love and, you know, everybody pushing behind us so that we can do this and do it safely and get to all nine countries in nine months and make it back in one piece with a beautiful van. Yeah. And just like us, guys, stick to the positive vibes, stick to the positive thoughts. When things are going bit down and things are getting worse, make sure to find the positive things that can happen, the outcomes that you want, and push your mind to stick to those type of train of thoughts. And believe me, you will come out on top. You know, the best way to do that is to have an FNA day. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All right, all that.